I want to invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Hebrews. And we're going to look at chapter 4 this morning. And we're continuing in our series called, I Will Say of the Lord. I think this is week number 8. And what we're going to talk this morning about is, I will say of the Lord that He is my rest. He is my Sabbath rest. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter, in verse 1, he says, Let us therefore fear. Now, don't let that word there, fear, throw you. It means, let us be aware. Let us be diligent to act on what we're about to hear. And thus, we would miss out. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word that was preached did not what? Did not profit them, did not benefit them. And the reason why is this, is because they did not add their faith, they did not join their faith, they did not mix their faith in what they have heard. And in verse 3 he says, For we which have believed do enter into what? As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from before the foundation of the world. Now notice this verse in verse 2 from the Passion Translation. And I want us to read it together. Are you ready? Read. For we have heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word, Instead, when they heard, didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. So we see very, it's very important that we take the faith that God has given us. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But then we need to be diligent to mix faith and join our faith with that. Did you know that a clear indicator of faith is for us to have rest? to have rest in our heart, to have rest in our soul. So the question would be this morning, how then do we get there? We get there by entering into what's already been accomplished for us. Amen. There can be no authentic belief or faith without resting in what you believe is already done. In verse 4 it says this, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all of his works. He did not rest because he was tired. He rested because it was finished. He rested because the work was complete. Can you say amen? Amen. Now many people understand what this Sabbath rest is all about. Look with me in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11. It says, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it, what? Work for six days, but on the seventh day God worked and made the earth in six days and rested on the seventh day. He blessed it and He hallowed it. So we don't want to get hyper-religious about Sunday or Saturday being the Sabbath day. How many of you know that every day is a worship day? Every day is a day to seek first the kingdom of God. Every day is a day to give God our very best. Amen? 
whether we're working, whether we're traveling, whether we're in or out or up and down, we are God's and God is ours. Amen? Glory to God. And so in Colossians, it tells us not to get hung up in that. In chapter 2 and verse 16 and 17, it says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. Read verse 17 with me. Which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. I want you to pay particular attention to the word shadow. Now, in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was a particular day. However, we understand that in the Old Testament, it can be described as a book of types and shadows. The Old Testament was a shadow of that which uh, was and who was to come, speaking of Jesus. So I want to announce to you this morning that Jesus Christ is our Sabbath rest. He is our source of all rest. And we can enter in by faith into that rest every day. Amen. In other words, we can rest in what He has already done. We can rest in what He has already completed. Praise God. And so we want to take a very quick look on some of the things that He has done. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the, what? Curse of the law. Glory to God. Galatians 5.1 says, that as we stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has what? Christ has made us free. Stop trying to be free. Stop struggling, struggling to be free and get in this word that will liberate you and free you and keep you free. Because it is true that Christ has set us free. Woo! Glory to God. And the truth that sets you free is the same truth that will keep you free. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you're going to know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Amen. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's what? Who hath blessed us. Amen. Stop trying to be blessed and just declare, I am blessed. blessed. When well, I don't have a nickel in my pocket, God didn't ask you if you had a nickel in your pocket. Proclaim, prophesy that you are the blessed coming in and going out. That you're the head and not the tail. That you're above and not beneath. Our attitude should be this. We're so blessed, the blessed people call us blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the blessed. Amen. Ephesians 1, 6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He what? He hath made us accepted. The one that is rejected is Satan. And he's trying to make us feel rejected. But oh, thank God, Jesus came one day and he accepted us in the beloved. Glory to God. So stop trying to be accepted by this world system. There's so much cancel culture out there that'll make you dizzy. We are not con- We are not conformed to the culture of this world. We are conformed and we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. Well, they just don't accept me. Well, Jesus does. 
And if Jesus does, whoo, you're well on your way to success. Colossians 1.13 says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Stop talking about how demons and devils and evil spirits are holding you down. You have been delivered. Amen. Lay your habits, lay your sin at the altar of God and receive deliverance from the head of the church and proclaim boldly, I've been delivered. Oh, praise the Lord. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. You've been delivered from smoking cigarettes. You've been delivered from getting drunk. You've been delivered from getting high. So what are you doing still getting drunk? What are you still doing getting high? Somebody said, because I like to. Well, that's your problem. You need to change your like to, to know I'm not doing that anymore. I like to please God. I want, like to walk by faith and not by sight. Woo! Glory to God. So I had to do a little preaching. In Romans, the fifth chapter, and notice with me in verse 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified, He has justified you. He has declared you righteous. We have peace. We have it. Your knees may be knocking. Your hands may be sweating. Panic may be knocking on your door, but you have peace. You have peace with God. And if you'll cast your cares upon the Lord, you'll have the peace of God that passes all understanding. We have peace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to read verse 2 with me. and We're going to camp here for a moment. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now let's keep that verse up there. You see what grace does, grace sets the table. And on the table, there's your provision. On the table, there's your healing. On the table, there's your joy. On the table, there's your strength. So grace sets the table, but then faith comes along, sits down at the table, and receives what grace has provided. You see, grace is God's part. And faith is our part. So many people misunderstand, thinking that We've got to get God to move. We've got to get in faith. We've got to, got to, got to, got to. It gets into legalism and it gets into works. Did you know that God moves independently of you? Prior to you even existing? Prior to you ever having a need? Everything that you receive comes from God. And it comes through Jesus Christ, who 2,000 years ago said, it is finished. He did everything. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Understand this, 
that faith does not necessarily move God. Faith reaches out and appropriates what God has already given you. That means this, that there's no burden on you and there's no burden on me trying to get God to move. You see, our faith is in response to Him and what He's done. Say it with me. I take my faith and I believe and I receive what grace has provided and it brings great rest into my life. We must stop trying to get through our own works what he already got through his work. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about resting in his promises and resting in his faithfulness and resting in his reliability. He's got a great track record of being reliable. He's watching over what he's already done to perform it. And all he needs is you and I to reach out in faith and declare it. Now look with me in verses 5 through 10 in Hebrews 4. And in this place again, if they shall enter my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and to whom it was first preached, entered not in because of what? Because of unbelief. Verse 7. Again he limits a certain day saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear my voice, harden not your hearts. Verse 8. For if Jesus, our Joshua, had given them rest, they would not have afterwards spoken of another day. Read verse 9 with me. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Verse 10. For he that has entered into his rest, he has also ceased from his own works, from his own sweat, from his own works of performance, trying to measure up, trying to please God through our works, trying to please God by our fasting. And fasting is good. Don't misunderstand me trying to please God through, by, through being a super spiritual saint who prays all day long, performance-based. He that has entered into his rest, he's also ceased from his own works as God did from his. What is this saying? That we must cease or stop trying to make God do something trying to make God to bless us, trying to make God to favor us. I hear the Lord saying, I've already given you favor with God and man. But we're just resting. Come on. We're just resting in the truth through Jesus that our God has already supplied everything. Say it with me real strong. I'm resting in what He has done. Now, when I use the word rest, I'm not defining it it as inactivity. But I'm defining it as resting in activity. 
This rest, what we're talking about today, is not a rest from work, but it's a rest in work. And there remains a rest to his people who will stop trying to enter in by their own self-efforts. You know, even today, and I grew up a certain denomination, it was very works-based. Very works-based. If you missed a service and you didn't declare it and confess it, you may end up in hell. You know, if you, if you said this, if you did that, if you didn't confess it, man, you may end up in hell. Well, I believe in confessing our sins, amen? But I don't believe in living in a legalistic lifestyle. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is, in fact, the gift of God. So even today, some people struggle because they do not believe that everything they need is already finished and waiting to be claimed. It's difficult for some people to believe that Jesus would do something for them without them having to earn it. And that, my friends, is a religious spirit. And religion says we must try and finish what Jesus has been completed. But I'm here to announce to you this morning, the only work remaining for you today is to enter into his rest. True rest in God believes and receives. Resting in the promises of God. Resting in the provision that has already been made. How many of you know that when you get to that place, it builds confidence in your life? It, be, it causes you what happened to Abraham when he came fully persuaded he was fully persuaded what God had spoken to them he didn't consider his own body he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb but he was strong in faith and he gave glory to God as you partake of these exceeding great and precious promises these exceeding great and precious promises will build your confidence up in other words, what I'm saying, by building your confidence up, that means your faith will get stronger. And when your faith gets stronger and you have ceased from your own works and you rely on His work, it brings rest into your soul. See, Jesus is not a taskmaster. He is our shepherd. Jesus is not upset and uptight with his church. He loves us. A great friend of the ministry says, God is not mad at you. He is mad about you. And I'll just say, God is not against you. He's for you. And God is not out here somewhere esoterically. He's on the inside of you. He is Christ in you, the hope, the manifestation of the goodness of God and the glory of God. Stop trying to be complete. You are already complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. Now that does not mean that we stop growing. 
And that does not mean that we can walk and do anything we want to do. Because the scripture says, be holy even as I am holy. But I think we need to get a better definition of holiness than what we've had in the past. The way the religious world defines holiness very often is how you look, what you wear, and what you don't wear. Right? That's what religion says. But the best definition of holiness that I've ever heard in my life is this. Holiness is Christ-likeness. Being Christ-like. If we would live our lives being Christ-like, oh, you talk about confidence. You talk about being built up and to receive everything that God has provided for you. Amen. Say it with me. I'm walking and I'm growing in sanctification. I'm growing in holiness. But it is by the grace of God that enables me to go to the top. Me and my house, we're going from glory to glory. We're going from strength to strength. We're going from victory to victory. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands and praise Him for at least 10 seconds. Glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. The other day as I was studying, I got this in my spirit. We can have great celebrations of praise because it is done. It is done. The victory has been won. Now rise up and celebrate. Do not despair, for your God is never late. He's always on time. So don't look back, but look forward with great expectation to multiple manifestations that belong to you as you rest in me. I think we should celebrate. And I'm not just talking about celebrating on Sunday morning. I'm talking about celebrating in your living room. I'm talking about celebrating in your bedroom. Glory to God. I'm talking about celebrating PC. What do you mean PC? Pre-coffee. Amen. Just get up in the morning. I like what Ron Canoli sang. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate. He has done great things. He is doing great things. I think because we've been redeemed, because we've been forgiven, because we've been blessed, because we've been delivered, there is cause for much celebration. Celebration positions us for manifestation. Praising God in the midnight hour. Praising God when your body still hurts. Praising God when your checkbook is still empty. Praising God while your children are still rebelling. Praising God in your midnight hour pleases God. And it makes a way for Him to manifest Himself right there in the middle of you. Woo! Glory to... Come on, let's celebrate a little bit today. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say it with me. For the Lord is good. And His mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what may be arrayed against you. 
Because the God who's on the inside of you is greater than any attack. He's greater than any invisible army. In Christ Jesus, we have an invisible army. We have an army of the resources of heaven. We have the angels of the Lord. We have the word of the Lord. We have the blood of the Lamb. Glory to God. And that's something to celebrate. That's something to celebrate. Hallelujah. Some say, well, I'll celebrate when the pandemic is over. No, celebrate right in the midst of the nasty now and now. And God will turn the nasty now and now to days of heaven upon the earth. Don't wait to be happy until you can take your mask off. (laughs) I don't like him any more than you do. But thank God they've got an expiration date. Come on, somebody. This pandemic has got an expiration date. And I'm not going to wait until it's over to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord right now. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. When Brother Hagen was here in 1995, he said the word happy seven times. He said, happy, 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 happy. He said, it'll be said by some, well, that's the happiest bunch of people I've ever seen. And that's scriptural. Happy is the people whose God... Well, I'm just asking God. I'm trying to move God for strength. No, the joy that He's already given you when it's stirred up, that will be your strength. And it is the strong spirit of a man. It is the strong spirit of you that will sustain you in a time of trouble. Amen? Now, let's go back to Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the 11th verse. We want to work with this just a little more. How many of you believe in God with me today? You folks are so delightful you could preach all day, but I haven't got all day. In Hebrews 4 verse 11 says this, Let us, that's you and me, labor, interesting, therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Now, I love Young's literal translation. It's probably one of the closest to all the translations out there. Notice that in Young's in verse 11. He says, May we be diligent. Labor. May we be diligent. He is a rewarder of those that... May we be diligent then to enter into that rest that no one in the same example of unbelief may fall. Now, every one of us, every one of us hear things that are contrary to the Word of God. Do we not? But we must be diligent then to believe what the Word tells us, not what the world tells us. What the Word tells us tells us, not what our body tells us. What the Word tells us, not what the economy tells us. 
You see, laboring to enter that rest, being diligent to enter that rest, takes some effort on my part and your part. It's not the works of the flesh or the works of the law, but it is the works of faith. For faith without corresponding what? Actions is dead or it is inoperative. And so it's going to take an effort for you and me to continuously renew our minds when the test comes. For us to stay out of stress and stay into peace. It's going to take some diligence being in this word, building confidence so that our emotions don't move us. Come on, somebody. It takes effort to renew your mind to where you get to a place where God is more real to you than what you see or what you feel. Someone said it this way. There is a lot of effort in resting. It requires diligence. Now here's what this may look like. You may go to the doctor and the doctor gives you a report that you didn't want to hear. Anybody ever been there? Some of you may be there right now. I had been there back in 1999. Got a bad report. And immediately, the devil begins to pressure you where? In your soul. That's where he tries to gain access to us is in our minds. Frederick K.C. Price said this, that the mind is the arena of faith. And if you can keep that rat in the arena of faith, you can whip him every time. So the pressure comes to the soul. So here's what we must do. We must be diligent to enter into rest. What do you mean? No, I'm not talking about laboring to be healed. I'm talking about defending what's yours. By his stripes you what? Defending what you know is already finished. And one way that we do that is casting down imaginations. And any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Part of the labor of faith and being diligent in faith is rising up and resisting the fear that has been hounding you. And you can get to a place where you become so familiar with the Scripture that you say, it's done. It's finished. I rest in my healing. Glory to God. You may be hurting. Your knees may be knocking. But your labor is not to achieve what's already been finished. Your labor is to receive what's already been done. My labor and your labor is to speak the word only. Be diligent to fight the good fight of faith. You're not fighting for your healing. You're fighting to maintain it. This is mine. 
This is my body. This is my temple. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. No trespassing devil. I call those things that be not as though they were. I call my body strong. I call my body healed. I call my body well. And when you do that, the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God kicks in. And you get to a place where you thank God that you can feel you're healed. Amen. Hallelujah. You're seeing this today. You know, you can do the same thing with lack. Your checkbook may say you're broke, but God says you're rich. But pastor, I've got to do something. I've got to fast. I've got to pray. I've got to get God to move on my behalf. No, you don't need to do that. You need to just find what's already yours. Wrap yourself in the promises of God and rest in the fact that he said he would supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. One writer said it this way. His word says that he's already supplied all my needs. He's already blessed me. He's commanded his blessings upon me and I'm blessed above all people. You can do this in any area of your walk with God where the enemy comes in to try to steal and to kill and to destroy. The highest level of faith, I believe, is rest. Resting in Him. Resting in Him. If you will keep yourself in rest, you will position yourself for multiple manifestations. Our faith response will always determine our outcome. So what do you say? We keep all the doors closed. If there's an open door, you can close it today. Over in Ephesians, he said, don't give the enemy any place whatsoever. Hallelujah. There's no, no sense of stressing when you can be resting. There's no sense of... of Tossing and turning at night when you can have a great sleep in Jesus. Now, for those of you this morning and for those of you that may be watching online, I want to close this message. Everyone say it with me. Jesus Jesus. is my Sabbath rest. rest. And by faith, faith, I enter into into what he's already done. Let's say it is finished about four times. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. And it is finished. Glory to God. Now sometimes we don't always act on this. And that's where we need to be very aware that Jesus is right there waiting for us to come to him. You know, he said, if we will come to him, he will not in any way, fashion or form cast us out, but he will take us in. I'm glad I came to Jesus in March of 1975. My life was in big, serious trouble. But Jesus came, praise God, and knocked on the door of my heart. And he said, now, Mark, come to me. And I did. And you know, he's still knocking on the doors of hearts today. Perhaps in the room perhaps online or people that will even watch this a month or two later, he's knocking on the door. And I want to close with Matthew chapter 11. 
in verse 28 and through verse 30. Again, this is from Young's translation. He says, come unto me. All you who are laboring and burdened, laboring the wrong way, come to me. And what will he give us? He will give you rest. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am meek and I'm humble in heart and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Did you know that it is? And so I want to pray with you here and with those that are watching. I want to pray for all of us to take our burdens and cast them on Him. You know, the Bible says, cast your burden upon the Lord and what will He do? He will sustain you. He will keep you. He will honor the fact that you realize you can't handle those cares. So by faith, all of us, let's lift up our hands to the Lord and let's declare this together. Heavenly Father, you said in your word that I'm to roll all my care, that I'm to cast all my burdens over on you and you would sustain me. You said you care for me. You love me. And so I give it all and place it into your capable hands. Thank you, Lord. And now I enter into rest. I enter into freedom from stress. My soul is at ease. I say... It is well with my soul. It is well with my body. It is well with my loved ones. It is well with my church. It is well with this nation. Come on, say it is well three times. It is well. It is well. And it is well. Glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, for those of you that maybe it's not so well, it begins by turning your life over to Jesus. Over to Him. And saying, I acknowledge you as the Son of the living God who came to live a sinless life And gave his life a ransom for all. On Calvary's cross, you became my substitute. And you said, it is finished. Let's pray this together. Now, Lord Jesus, because I believe that in my heart, I now say with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Now, if you've prayed that for the first time, let us know about it. We want to hear from you. Praise God. Pastor Tom and those are going to come up. We're going to sing on our way out. How many of you are glad that you came to church today? Praise the Lord. Sweetheart, do you have anything? You're good? Are you sure? Are you sure, sure? You're not sure, sure.
When she looks at me like that and looks at the clock, well, we got to go. We don't have to go. All right, come on up. That'll give them time to come. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a big shout Praise today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. What an awesome word. And I never want to, you know, add to the word. Please do. But it's kind of like, you know, we're flowing in this flow. So I'm feeding off of what he said. And, of course, we act on the word that we've heard today. I just want to give you one little scripture, a little tidbit. Those of you that are filled with the Holy Ghost, there's something else that will help you stay in the rest of God. It's found over in Isaiah chapter 28. I'll just read it to you. You can look it up later. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. This is the rest. And this is the refreshing. So I want to encourage you. Speak the word. Of course, pray. But pray in the Holy Ghost. When you pray in the Spirit, He said, This is the rest. Stammering lips. Speaking in another tongue. Building yourself up. You know, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it builds up your inner man. But it also will bring peace and rest to your soul if you're tempted to be in worry if all of these things are bombarding your mind yes speak the word in your known language but you can then switch over and you can tap in to this wonderful precious gift of speaking in the heavenly language and it will bring rest and it will bring refreshing to your soul hallelujah I think we should all stand up right now let's just spend a couple a couple of minutes or so praying in the Holy Ghost before we worship. Oh Lord, we thank you for the wonderful word that we have heard today. We thank you as your people that we can enter into rest. And we thank you. You've given us your word and you've also given us our wonderful heavenly helper. We thank you for the ability to pray in heavenly language. Oh, go ahead right now. If you've never received the precious gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you can right now just lift up your hands, open your mouth and say, Lord, I receive. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That I might glorify you. That I might build myself up. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead just a little bit longer. Oh, my There it is. Like the anointing of refreshing. It's welling up and it's coming out of your spirit. And it's so flowing out of your spirit. Bringing rest and refreshing to your mind. Oh, 